tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show. And just because we can, we have, I thought, a story about an India boy, mm. but it's not. It's an Indiana boy. <laughs> I was going to make an Indiana Jones reference to, you know, Raj on Big Bang Theory, but yeah. it's Indiana boy. So Indiana Jones, great, great, great nephew, mm-hmm. rescued. Yeah, well, a teenager who scaled a tree at an Indianapolis park to rescue a cat. He spotted his cat mm-hmm. high up in the branches of a tree. He ended up getting stuck himself, had to call for rescue. Uh-huh. <laughs> 17-year-old boy. That's why you're supposed to stand at the bottom and shoot a pellet gun at him if they get too high. <laughs> the 17- well, you just don't pump it that much, you know? No. The 17-year-old boy was at Holiday Park on Indianapolis's north side Saturday afternoon when he saw the cat and decided to rescue it by climbing 35 feet up the tree. That's a long way mm. up a tree. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. The yes, team, is. I mean, you look down from that height and it's like, okay, I'm not moving. So I get it. See, mm-hmm. <laughs> the teen identified in the release only as Owen. <laughs> He's very glad nobody knows more than just Owen. <laughs> he told firefighters he was trying to do a good deed, bring the cat to safety. Uh, the the battalion chief, Rita Reith, says while Owen had no trouble climbing up the tree, his positioning didn't allow the same sense or the same ease for getting down. Firefighting crews were called to the park. They used a rope system to lower the boy safely to the ground about two hours later. The department also wow. released video of the rescue. The teen was checked out by medics. Eh, he just had a few scrapes, and they released him to his parents. The cat stayed up the tree. <laughs> the mm-hmm. cat seemed to enjoy the commotion, but didn't make any effort to climb down, says the, the, the oh fire gosh. chief. She says... Uh, um, that on Monday, a 21-year-old woman who was the cat's owner ended up hiring a private company to retrieve the cat from the tree. Ah, wow. <laughs> we had one up a tree one time, when, and it's been years ago, and it wouldn't come down and it would, because it got too high and was scared. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at all of our options, and the best one that we could come up with was Andrew grabs a rock. And I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> do not throw a rock at the cat. Oh, Use that BB gun. Come on. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Market Mag Show. We appreciate you joining us today. We know that if we hadn't told you about the new Batman coming out, you would have never known because it wasn't anywhere. They hid it. They tried to keep that thing buried that it was coming out. And right. Robert Pattinson was the new Batman. Ooh. You know, if they're going to keep rebooting it, they need to reboot it with just some different people, yeah. different bad guys. Make up something, man. Different stories. We've seen all these now. Yeah. I keep yeah. reading. I've, anyway, I've... so the... I've read two or three reviews that say, yeah, well, we've seen all this before. It's just different people doing the parts. Right. <laughs> right. So the Batman screening features guest appearances, mm. a real bat. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Moviegoers in Austin, Texas got a visit from an unexpected visitor during a screening of the Batman over the weekend. An actual bat was spotted swooping around inside the theater, putting the movie on pause while management called animal control and tried unsuccessfully to get the critter out of the theater. Guests were offered their money back. Most chose to stick it out and watch the film, bat and all, according to one moviegoer. The movie House and Eatery by Sinopolis says the bat was likely released into the theater as a prank. The theater's general manager said they'll be adding additional security and checking all bags upon guest entry. 
Oh, there were no reports on. of anyone being bitten during the incident. <laughs> because that hardly yeah, ever happens. Yeah, if you do anything bad to it, people are going to pop up everywhere and tell you what a horrible person you are. Yes. I just remember a bat tried to attack me when I was trying to get rid of it. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got stories for weeks about how wrong I was to mess with a bat. I'm like, it's not a person. It's a, it's a flying rodent, man. That's yeah. all this is. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. And, all right, so you have read some reviews on the movie The Batman, Mark. Yes. But you haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't okay. seen it yet. I, I don't think I'm going to, based yeah. on what I have seen, I think. Okay. I, I think I've already seen it. <laughs> yeah. From what I've funny? read. funny? Yes. Well, I, when I first saw this, I saw the, the people talking about it. I really did think, okay, so really we're, okay, when we had the, the relaunch of the Batman franchise without Robin, you know, mm-hmm. not the TV show, with, but with Michael Keaton as Batman. Right. We had the Joker. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, that was that little bit there, you know, and then. The second one wasn't as successful, but it had Oswald Cobblepot, mm-hmm. you know, Danny DeVito as yeah, the Penguin. Right. And then we had Catwoman in that one. Yeah. Um, I think, right? Then we had Batman. Then, then they started getting really bad. Michael yeah. Keaton stopped doing Batman. Next thing you know, it's Val Kilmer and then Rod, 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 Clooney. Yes. George Clooney. Yes. Okay. And that whole string of the Batman features were, eh, well, comic books. They were, yeah, they were. They were one step above the TV show compared yeah. to what we have now. Yeah, they were. They really were. I remember- they rebooted with Bale. Yeah. When they rebooted with Bale, it was, was back good. to the beginning. That was good. Yes. Yeah. I like those. So I think the franchise should have ended after Bale. I think you're because right. Because that one-off trip with uh, Ben Affleck mm-hmm. as Batman, mm-hmm. I say it was one-off because he's only done, he hasn't done like a, a Batman movie on his own, right? Mm-hmm. He's been part of a bigger universe. Right. He's been part of that whole DC yeah. universe with the with the rest of the superheroes like Superman and right. yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, anyway, I'm, I mean, I, I just, yikes. You know, that was too far. We'd already gone back to TV, I felt then. Well, a while back, yeah. we had, uh, I told you that I had seen the trailer, and it was basically a chase scene with the newest incarnation of the Batmobile. And, right. I, and I said, that alone made me want to see that movie. That, right. That chasey, that was great. I got to see this. And the reviews I've been reading say, yeah, that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They did it again. Yes. They showed all the best parts in the trailer. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And personally, I think it was funny somebody dropping a bat in a, in a you know, screening of the Batman. I think that is kind of funny. Just. We were talking about that a couple of minutes yeah. ago because <laughs> if you, you know, I, w- I was looking at a couple of reviews during the music, Mark, and yeah. some of them, they talk about, well, it, you know, I, they're probably fan generated mm. reviews. Okay. You know, from the very first click, I loved, you know, that oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going, oh yeah. So tell me how scary it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So when you realize how Hollywood and TV and just from an entertainment standpoint, they just keep re- rehashing the same thing and handing us things back. You know, yeah. you wonder why people don't start rejecting them. You know, mm-hmm. they made it like that. The Batman movie had the biggest opening of the pandemic. Wow. And I thought that was interesting because I thought we had been done with the pandemic for about six months. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, hmm. it, it boggles the mind that, that they're still calling this the pandemic. Yeah. You know, the liberals are. Isn't that interesting? Got to hold on to the yeah. fear. Got to. Yeah. Mm. And 
you know, holding on to that fear and then now making gas prices and food go oh. through the roof. I oh. mean, anything that can happen to, you know, it's creating a ca- a problem for the American people that they think will get them reelected. Yeah. And I, I just, that, you know, inflict as much damage as you can. That's It's frustrating. I think people need to wake up and realize something, and that is that politicians create problems and then campaign to solve those problems. Mm, yeah, really. <laughs> That's what they do. Well, then, they make a mess well, of things you, and then campaign, so they campaign saying, we're going to fix this problem. Yeah, but right. you created the problem. <laughs> All right, so we need to have an election for the next director of a Batman movie. You guys <laughs> created it. this problem of the same movie being rehashed. <laughs> I want to, what are you going to do to fix this problem? You know, <laughs> life radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And you know, we appreciate you joining us. We really do. We appreciate you telling your friends about it. Go online to life radio.fm. You can follow along with the daily Bible reading. You can, you know, send it to somebody else. Just share, you know, share the idea of, that we have something here that will help share Jesus with the lost and dying world. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate it. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, meth, heroin, <laughs> cocaine, pills, cash. Yep. It sounds like something found at, I don't know, Keith Richards' house. But, <laughs> you know, the fact that the fact that Keith Richards is, al- is, is still alive and yeah. three of the four monkeys are dead, mm-hmm. that's scary, man. It There's is. something really scary about that. Something he is taking is preserving him. I mean, he, he's walking around embalmed by everything he's done, I think. Marysville. Huh? He's got to be. Yeah. Marysville, Washington police said a large amount of drugs, a handgun, thousands of dollars in cash were found in a car where the driver had been slumped over the wheel. An officer was dispatched to a report of a driver slumped over in a running Jaguar. He arrived wow. and found an unconscious man in the driver's seat. Once awakened, the man provided his driver's license and admitted he, he might have an arrest warrant. <laughs> After a discussion with the officer, the man got out and was arrested for his warrant. During the search of the man, he was found to have $2,726 in cash on him. When the officer went to lock the car, he saw a handgun on the driver's seat where the man had been sitting. Well, the Jaguar was impounded, and the officer obtained a search warrant to recover the gun and related accessories. And once the warrant was granted, the officer discovered the gun was reported stolen. While the officer was searching a backpack that was in the car for other guns, he found a large container of what he believed to be methamphetamine. The officer also found a total of $35,654 in cash, about 5,100 blue M30 oxycodone pills, three pounds of meth, a pound and a half of black tar heroin, and a quarter pound of cocaine. The approximate street value of the drugs alone, $200,000. Wow. Yeah. Yikes, man. And the guy gets busted because nah. he's been sampling his goods, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the old member, uh, don't get high on your own supply. There yeah, you go. That's right. He's high on all of it. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, you think about it, the meth and the coke, that'll keep you up for a long time. Yeah. The the heroin, the black tar heroin, make you not care about anything. Uh-huh. Actually, it'll put you to sleep. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> that's right. So he had to use the black tar heroin to come down, and but he was in no pain because of the oxycodone he was taking. <laughs> so he's eating oxycodone. He's pain-free. Right. Then he decides, hey, I feel good. Let's have a party. Starts mm-hmm. with the meth. Starts with the blow. Next thing you know, he's been high for two days. He's like, I got to get some sleep. Where's the heroin? There yep. you go. So yep. he gets some sleep in the jag, falls asleep. I mean, the, think about his loss. $200,000 mm-hmm. for the drugs plus the thirty five grand in cash he had. Yeah. 
Wow. And by the way, where did the $4 come? $35,654. <laughs> I know. Who bought $4 worth of anything? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. And Mark, our schools have become a real problem. It is not a new problem. It, it has just become a, a, a sliding scale problem. Yeah. I know that back in the day, um, like, well, LaDonna and I have talked about, you know, growing up and, and how it was in school. We're that last generation, I think, you know, of the people who actually got it worse when you got home if you got in trouble at school. Right, yeah. And then, you know, now it's, it's crazy because mm-hmm. we actually have a story of a teacher that was attacked by a five-year-old student. Yeah, a South Florida teacher taken to the hospital last week after she was attacked by a five-year-old, leaving her dazed and unresponsive, say the authorities. The unidentified instructor was found by first responders sitting on the ground against a wall and appearing to be in a faint state at Pine Lakes Elementary School, about 15 miles southwest of downtown Fort Lauderdale. The victim was clearly weak and dazed, able to blink and breathe regularly, but at no point was able to vocally respond or show signs of a response, the report says. The troubling incident started when a five-year-old boy had to be removed from class for throwing things around and flipping the chairs. The youngster was taken to an empty cool-down room where the attack on the teacher allegedly took place. The teacher was taken to Memorial Regional Hospital in Hollywood and has since been released. While the young suspect is still being investigated for possible aggravated assault with hands, fists, and feet, it's unlikely he'll be criminally prosecuted, according to the police spokesman uh, there. The prosecutors would be hard-pressed to show that this five-year-old had the ability to distinguish right from wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he can. He knows right from wrong. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you lock him up with, you know, murderers. Oh, no, but no, but still. A five-year-old knows, and th- that's a five-year-old who's getting away with a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a household. And probably has some psychological issues, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, well, having been around a few uh, physical five-year-olds, you know? Right. It's not always understandable, and it's not always correctable in that some children, I mean, you get to a point where if you're not, um, if you treat behavior, bad behavior with violence, like spanking, okay, a child like that is not going to respond to it yeah. because you're just teaching them more physical activity, you know? Right. And right. they're going to turn it into a game. Yeah. Every okay. So different. you're going to destroy yeah. my butt. I'm going to destroy your room. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm just, I'm looking at that. and I'm thinking you got a five-year-old already attacking somebody. Mm-hmm. This is why we end up with some children, you know, really that parents go, I don't know what to do. You know, I can't do anything. So they just give in. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? What do you do with a five-year-old that will attack a teacher to the point? Well, and I'm, I'm guessing what, I kind of like to get more info on the teacher here. Yeah, yeah, you me know? too. Yeah. Because you've seen it just like I have. There are some people who just, oh, my gosh, they talked about SpongeBob on the radio. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you've got others that are like, you know, well, they're talking about the Batman and, and five-year-olds attacking teachers. That's okay. You know, I mean, it's just. <laughs> right, yeah. This could be one of those really obese women who, you know, kid threw a <laughs> tissue at her and. She couldn't get into my 600-pound life, and they told her, if you don't drop 50 pounds in a month, we're going to have to let you go. And uh-huh. maybe she was once accused of eating a baby. I ate a baby, you know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> get in my belly. Maybe that's what she was saying to him. Maybe you know, so. It might have been get self-defense. In my belly. It could have been yes, self-defense. There you go. <laughs> now we're on to a whole different tag oh, here, Mark. Yeah. Life 
liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, you and I have talked about everything over the years. I don't think there's one topic we've avoided, you know? I think so. And I was reading something yesterday and I, uh, it was on Facebook, gotta admit it. And a friend of mine had posted something about, uh, alcoholism and drug addiction. And, um, and it was very, uh, sympathetic, you know? Yeah. And, um, being somebody who has, I have, uh, I had a real problem with alcohol for a number of years and then I thankfully, you know, God removed that from me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I actually am of that belief that you pray and believe and it, it works, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's what the Bible says and I'm willing to, I'm willing to believe the Bible, yeah. you know, and it's not like it's a magic book. I mean, it's the Bible. <laughs> right. And when I was reading it though, I disagreed with a couple of points that he made, you know, and mm-hmm. I thought only because of, uh, there is a, there is a, a difference between alcoholism and drug addiction mm-hmm. And it's why the 12 step program that began with AA is non-transferable in my mind. Okay. Because they, they, they being the people who converted to other things, they've taken something that worked for alcoholism and then they apply it to other addictions and they're all a little bit different. Let me give you an example. First of all, if you drink, if you're over 21 and you're an alcoholic, okay. If you're over 21, there's nothing illegal about drinking alcohol. Nothing. You can buy it. You can, you know, it's what you do after you've been drinking that yeah. causes the, the yeah. legal problems. But if you really do buy the alcohol and sit in your house and drink it all day and don't fight with anybody and just kind of be a happy drunk, you can do that your whole life until you die. If you're a drug addict, you have to break the law every time you abuse the drugs, because even if you're abusing uh, prescription medication, you know, you run out, you buy other prescription medication, off, you know, whatever you're breaking the law, you know? Yeah. And if you use illegal drugs, meth, cocaine, whatever, heroin, you're buying illegal drugs and that in itself is a crime. So there is a different psyche involved. Having been around both, you know, alcoholics and drug addicts, I will tell you that there is a difference. And when they, I see a 12 step program be a, a being applied to food addiction, mm. you know, yeah. um, I will tell you there's a difference there because Again, with alcohol, at no point in time is it something that I can, uh, I have to have, okay? I mean, I might think I have to have it, but right, I can yeah. I can stop the drinking, you know, and I'm yeah. okay. But And I go to the grocery store and I have to walk past the beer aisle, okay? But I right. can walk past it without buying anything. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. But if you have no food and you eat no food, well, you're, you, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So a food addiction is is even worse, you know, because you still have to fight that. You still have to ingest the food. You still have to eat. But now it's about portion control and, and things like that. And again, that's a different thing really is. than yeah. alcoholism I see and, or drug addiction. And and that's why I, it's like, you know, we make fun. And you and I have talked about the, the different fat shows I watch, you know, right, yeah. obese people, you know, and my heart breaks for them mm. because in many cases i mean it is self-inflicted they're the ones that have done it now right granted yeah. if you're bed bound dude and somebody's having to cook and bring you food and they're bringing you deep fried twinkies because mm. that's what you asked for yeah well they're now culpable you know yeah, they're yeah. helping kill you yeah so i i mean there you can't do it on your own you know once mm-hmm. you get to that point and and so again a different battle looms but still i i I guess what my whole point was, I'm reading this thing and I, and my buddy, he, he meant well by it. Okay. He meant yeah, well yeah. by his post. Yeah. It was about being sympathetic and empathetic, but 
all the while I'm reading you going, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm, no, or you're applying yeah. this to, you're writing this about somebody you truly care about, you right. know, and you're defending their actions. And I understand that, but I don't buy it. Mm. So uh, that's why, you, you know, I, over the last several years, I've taken a different tact in sharing my testimony and sharing things that I talk about with regard to alcoholism and drug addiction and things like that. Yeah. I, I've been not tiptoeing around it, but I really do. I treat it like an AA meeting. Just FYI, by the way, I was watching this movie uh, with, with uh, oh, the guy from Texas who wants to be governor, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. And um, the real short guy from The Godfather, uh, <laughs> uh, Pacino. Pacino. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Short guy, Godfather. And, and, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, Pacino. Yeah, they were all short, but anyway. You know, Pacino's like five foot three. He's one, he's he's like two inches taller than, you know, Dorothy right. from The Wizard of Oz. But, yeah, but, but you don't know that from looking at the movies. I mean,. <laughs> No, you're standing on this everybody box. Else is, you know, standing. <laughs> yeah, everybody else standing in a hole. You know, mm -hmm. but anyway, so Pacino and McConaughey are in this movie about uh, it's a gambling service and uh, uh, two for uh, one for, two for the show, I think is what it's called. But anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, but in it, um, uh, Pacino plays a gambler. He's an, an addict, and he goes to, if there's a meeting, he goes to it kind of thing. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, in that movie, you know, I'm watching it, and it's like it's a self inflicted disease. But still, aren't they all? In terms of alcoholism, drug addiction, right? But they yeah. go to a meeting, and my first, and it drives me crazy. My Ladonna always says, "Dave, nobody else knows that." I'm like, "Well, here's I'm going to tell you. When you go to an AA meeting and somebody shares that what they're having trouble with or whatever, you don't turn around and say it's a disease, Dave. Mm. Here's what you need to do. Mm. What you do is I'll hear it and I will say, well, when I had a similar situation, this is what I did. That's how you share." within the confines of an AA meeting. I can tell you I was there. I can't tell you anybody else was there. But you never tell anybody what to do. You merely say, this is what I did. Yeah. And that opened my eyes to the hypothetical Jesus of what would Jesus do. Yeah. Because it is, that's what woke me up to that. Because it's like, there's not anything I've gone through that I can't find. Jesus went through the same thing. Mm. You know, something that I can apply to it. Right. It's never or what would he do it's what did he do it's there so AA help me figure that out wow quit telling people what to do and just say here's what i did when i was faced with a similar situation mm -hmm. there you go merry christmas <laughs> life radio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark you and i have talked about everything over the years i don't think there's one topic we've avoided you know i think so and yeah. I was reading something yesterday, and I uh, it was on Facebook, got to admit it, and a friend of mine had posted something about uh, alcoholism and drug addiction, and mm -hmm. um, and it was very uh, sympathetic, you know? Yeah. And um, being somebody who has, I have, uh, I had a real problem with alcohol for a number of years, and then I, thankfully, you know, God removed that from me. Yeah. Um, you know, and... I, I actually am of that belief that you pray and believe and it, it works, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's what the Bible says and I'm willing to, I'm willing to believe the Bible, yeah. you know, and it's not like it's a magic book. I mean, it's <laughs> the Bible. Right. And when I was reading it though, I disagreed with a couple of points that he made, you know, and mm -hmm. I thought only because of, uh, there is a, there is a, a difference between alcoholism and drug addiction mm -hmm. And it's why the 12 step program that began with AA is non-transferable in my mind. Okay. Because they, they, they being the people who converted to other things, 
they've taken something that worked for alcoholism and then they apply it to other addictions and they're all a little bit different. Let me give you an example. First of all, if you drink, if you're over 21 and you're an alcoholic, okay, if you're over 21, there's nothing illegal about drinking alcohol. Nothing. You can buy it. You can, you know, it's what you do after you've been drinking that yeah. causes the, the yeah. legal problems. But if you really do buy the alcohol and sit in your house and drink it all day and don't fight with anybody and just kind of be a happy drunk, you can do that your whole life until you die. If you're a drug addict, you have to break the law every time you abuse the drugs. Because even if you're abusing uh, prescription medication, you know, you run out, you buy other prescription medication, you know, whatever, you're breaking the law, you know? Yeah. And if you use illegal drugs, meth, cocaine, whatever, heroin, you're buying illegal drugs, and that in itself is a crime. So there is a different psyche involved. Having been around both, you know, alcoholics and drug addicts, I will tell you that there is a difference. And when they, I see a 12-step program be a, a being applied to food addiction, mm. you know, yeah. um, I will tell you there's a difference there because, again, with alcohol, at no point in time is it, something that I can, uh, I have to have. Okay. I mean, I might think I have to have it, but right, I can, yeah. I can stop the drinking, you know, and I'm yeah. okay. But, and I go to the grocery store and I have to walk past the beer aisle. Okay. But I right. can walk past it without buying anything. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. But if you have no food and you eat no food, well, you're, you, you're going to die. Mm. So a food addiction is, is even worse, you know, because you still have to fight that you still have to ingest the food. You still have to eat. But now it's about portion control and, and things like that. And again, that's a different thing really is. than yeah. alcoholism I see and, that, or drug yeah. addiction. And, and that's why I, it's like, you know, we make fun and you and I have talked about the, the different fat shows I watch, you know, right, yeah. obese people, you know, and my heart breaks for them mm. because in many cases, I mean, it is self-inflicted. They're the ones that have done it now. Right, granted, yeah. if you're bed bound, dude, and somebody's having to cook and bring you food, and they're bringing you deep fried Twinkies because mm. that's what you asked for. Yeah. Well, they're now culpable. You know, yeah, they're yeah. helping kill you. Yeah. So I, I mean, there you can't do it on your own. You know, once mm -hmm. you get to that point, and and so again, a different battle looms. But still, I, I, I guess what my whole point was. I'm reading this thing, and I and my buddy, he he meant well by it. Okay, he meant yeah, well yeah. by his post. Yeah. It was about being sympathetic and empathetic. But all the while, I'm reading and going you don't know what you're talking about mm, no, or you're applying yeah. this to you're writing this about somebody you truly care about, you right. know, and you're defending their actions. And I understand that, but I don't buy it. Mm. So uh, that's why, you, you know, I, over the last several years, I've taken a different tact in sharing my testimony and sharing things that I talk about with regard to alcoholism and drug addiction and things like that. Yeah. I I've been not tiptoeing around it, but I really do. I treat it like an AA meeting. Just FYI, by the way, I was watching this movie uh, with, with uh, oh the guy from Texas who wants to be governor uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah, and um, the real short guy from The Godfather, uh, <laughs> uh, Pacino. Pacino. Oh. <laughs> anyway, short guy Godfather. And, and whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, Pacino. Yeah, they were all short, but anyway, and Pacino's like five foot three. He's one. He's he's like two inches taller than you know Dorothy right. from The Wizard of Oz. But, yeah, but, but you don't know that from looking at the movies. I mean. <laughs> No, you're standing on this everybody box. else is, you know, standing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else standing in a hole, you know, mm -hmm. but anyway, so Pacino and McConaughey are in this movie about, uh, it's a gambling service and, uh, uh, two for uh, one, two for the show, I think is what it's called. But anyway, it's a good movie. 
Um, but in it, um, uh, Pacino plays a gambler. He's an, an addict and he goes, if there's a meeting, he goes to it kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, in that movie, you know, I'm watching it and it's like, it's a self-inflicted disease, but still aren't they all in terms of alcoholism, drug addiction, right? But they yeah. go to a meeting and my first, and it drives me crazy. My LaDonna always says, Dave, nobody else knows that. I'm like, well, here's, I'm going to tell you when you go to an AA meeting and somebody shares that what they're having trouble with or whatever, you don't turn around and say, it's a disease, Dave, mm. here's what you need to do. Mm. What you do is I'll hear it. And I will say, well, when I had a similar situation, this is what I did. That's how you share within the confines of an AA meeting. I can tell you I was there. I can't tell you anybody else was there. But you never tell anybody what to do. You merely say, this is what I did. Yeah. And that opened my eyes to the hypothetical Jesus of what would Jesus do. Yeah. Because it is, that's what woke me up to that. Because it's like, there's not anything I've gone through that I can't find. Jesus went through the same thing. You know, something that I can apply to it. Right. It's never what would he do? It's what did he do? It's there. So AA helped me figure that out. Wow. Quit telling people what to do and just say, here's what I did when I was faced with a similar situation. Mm. There you go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Life radio dot FM market mag show. And by the way, it was this topic. That actually got me started on the last break, Mark. <laughs> this story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I thought boss. so. I thought. boss. Yeah. I saw that, and it's like, you know, it's just, I had a friend one time that talked about alcoholism and drug addiction. And right. said, it's a self, he said, I'll buy it's a disease, but it's self-inflicted, you know? Right. And I've looked at it like that, and I, I'm, I'm not different than everybody else, Mark. I really am not. I just try to, I'm. I just try not to make excuses for myself with myself. You know, mm -hmm. if I do something wrong at work, I myself, Mark talked me into it kind of thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's usually uh, old, not the way I the go. Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't play that game. No, I don't. No, no you made the choice. <laughs> yep. So a pub boss pulls up his CCTV mm -hmm. and that's a security camera, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> to prove this guy who runs a pub and in england the pubs are it's funny we have this we have this uh this image of it being a bar right and a pub is actually more than a mm -hmm. bar it's more like a little restaurant it has a bar in it but it's it's in it it's a corner oh. gathering place and it's not unusual to find kids in pubs and things like that it's it's a different atmosphere um there's one oh. uh yeah there's there's one if you want to see one if you go to disney world go to epcot and go to the uh uh, there's one in the England section there, the Rose and Crown pub, and it's a restaurant and it's just, it's just, it's centered around a bar, but it's a restaurant. Well, the manager of this pub in the UK has struck back at a customer who complained about the family buffet at his venue, claiming they didn't, <laughs> they didn't cater to the people there that, that go with allergies. And, and the backstory is that she had actually oh. written and said, Hey, we have allergy conditions. Can you, can you take care of us? And, and they did. They actually set things up so that they could they could come and have things that that compensated for their allergies. The pub has a three star rating in TripAdvisor. The reviews online are broadly positive, but this person clearly didn't enjoy their experience and claimed that the food was less than acceptable for those of us with no dietary requirements and the, those with allergies were not provided for. Well, the manager of this place, the old house at home in Walsall, didn't hold back with his comments. 
He pointed out that the pub actually did provide for her allergy needs and that he had tried to contact her several times without answer or return calls and that the woman scoffed down three plates of food before she left her complaint. And he has the receipts because he's got the CCTV footage of her scarfing down three plates of food. (laughs) Wow. So large Marge just wanted to complain. Yes. It's like the old story. It's like the old story about complaining where the two women go to this restaurant and they, the food was so bad and the portions were so small. (laughs) The Mark and Mac show. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know mark when we were talking a minute ago mm-hmm. we were talking about the the buffet at the pub yes and i'm glad you explained that i did not know that a british pub right. was more than just a belly up to the bar right it's not just a bar i didn't i didn't realize yeah. and so it did make me start thinking about food you know and you got a woman complaining mm-hmm. even though she ate three plates of food <laughs> scarfed it all down then complained yeah i'm thinking about there was an episode of the 600 pound show and on it, this one woman who wanted to, you know, her weight was, I mean, bad. Okay. And by the way, watching that show, the, about Dr. Nalzardin out in Houston, you know, doing the, uh, weight loss surgery. Yes. I'm amazed at how different people carry weight. Some people, you know, when they add the weight, it goes to their belly and mm-hmm. starts hanging over yeah. and others, it's their legs and other tentacles that they start looking like <laughs> Ursula, you know? <laughs> And I mean, there's some scary stuff on that show, dude. Poor there was this one woman. <laughs> there was this one woman who, you know, they get paid extra. By the way, on that 600 pound show, they get paid extra if they'll show you taking a bath or whatever. You know. And yeah, they cover up. I mean, they blur. They have to blur sure, a yeah, lot because it's yeah. not. They're not really sure what. I don't know what that one is, but <laughs> go ahead and blur that. <laughs> Yeah, this might be, and that might. Okay, there's four. Go ahead and blur all four, and we'll be sure that way. But Can you, you know, blur everything the thing but is, the face. Is this one girl goes, I just feel like a monster. I'm like, you are? When you're that big, where did, what is that thing you're sitting on? That's, that's you. Oh, my word. You know, anyway, I mean, so when there was an episode, and this one, and LaDonna wanted me to watch it, okay? And I like the ones where, they overcome eating and they do have a positive outcome. I really yeah. like those. The negative yeah. outcomes are just frustrating. Yeah. And she was like, no, this, the, there was one where I'm like, dude, there, there's no way this is going to end well. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's just too big. And she's, you know, this woman actually was getting paid. She made money eating on camera. There are people, um, who are into watching fat people eat. Okay. Yeah. And there are actual feeders meaning these are people Mm -hmm. who their jollies in life are helping to feed obese people yeah and they attack you know anyway but this one woman actually would make videos of her eating a pie okay and she doesn't need a plate or anything like that a table rather because her belly comes straight out and she uses that she puts the food on her belly and her forks and knives and it's like a table wow and she eats it all and and she makes money. It's like because you wonder how can anybody afford to eat that much? I mean, there's a lot here. Wow. And it, she makes money doing that. And yeah. anyway, she was a success story. Just so you know, oh, she good. ended up really doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, it was just wow, man. Yeah. So anyway, when I saw this headline, I make millions chewing weird food on camera. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Mark, 
there is something for everybody online yeah, there these really days. is and the difference is that this one <clears throat> this woman who makes millions of dollars eating brightly colored food on youtube um she's actually has been a fitness instructor and the, and the like so she's not a right. large marge she's actually very thin no yeah and she uh, probably spits it out she doesn't she <laughs> says chew she doesn't say eat she doesn't say right. swallow she, she says and, i make millions chewing, chewing yes <laughs> pardon me um yes she says she has the best job in the world naomi mccray she's known as honeybee on youtube has been making asmr content on the platform for five years and now has nearly eight million followers now asmr stands for autonomous sensory meridian response and that describes the feeling of a relaxing sensation that begins in the scalp and moves down the body it's triggered by sounds like whispers and crackles and has opened up a world of online content including videos and audio of people making calming noises to aid relaxation and sleep well naomi she's 27 from ontario in canada now makes more than get this a million dollars per month eating on camera and projecting the chewing noises into the ears of her 7.7 million subscribers that's gross that's the thing i hate I hate hearing somebody chew. <laughs> Keep your mouth closed. What are you doing? Why do I hear that? Oh, my gosh. I remember catching a plate across the face one time when food fell out of my mouth. Oh, my gosh. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> well, she's making a fortune off of them. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And. Mark, as you and I go through the day, uh, every day is a, every day is a party. Every meal is a feast. It's just like Mardi Gras without the beads. But you know, whenever we have one of these ice fishing stories, yeah, I've told you the story about how I went ice fishing right. once and said, I'm not doing this again. I don't mind fishing. <laughs> yeah. And if I was starving, I wouldn't mind fishing, but you know, right. I, yeah. Just everybody. Should, I think everybody should experience doing something like that once mm -hmm. but if you're not a cold weather person to start with yeah. learning how to ice fish is important <laughs> only if you think at some point in time you're going to be so irritating to the people you're traveling with up yeah. you know on the muckluck trail up in the north and they're going to kick you to the curb and you're going to be left up there all by yourself and then you might have to learn how to eat you know yeah. by by ice fishing yeah so anyway i think it shows I just, just it i can't shows, find just a reason a, to do it That's it just all. shows how bored people can get you know, because how bored well, do you have you, to be before you're you willing know, to go cut a hole in the ice and sit over it and fish? You know, we were, you know, we were talking a little bit ago about alcoholism and drug addiction, yes. right? Well, being a drunk from the 80s, I learned to cook because yeah. you got to have something to do. That's the thing about ice fishing. Mm. It's only interesting and fun if you're out there drinking. If you look at it, they build these little things that are not much bigger than an outhouse. And yeah. every one of them, it's like a man cave. It's got a TV out there. Yeah. And they're watching sports, drinking yeah. beer. Uh -huh. And it's like, so what are you doing? I'm fishing. I'm ice uh -huh. fishing. Yeah. Really? Uh -huh. You're ice. Okay. You're not just sitting out there drinking a 12-pack and watching sports, right? No, I'm ice fishing. Well, that aspect but brings you, a whole new light to this story because <laughs> that helps it make a lot more sense as far as I'm concerned. Three anglers now are safe after a homemade ice fishing shanty was blown about a mile across a bay in Michigan by winds that neared 50 miles an hour. A person on shore called Huron County Dispatchers about 8 a.m. Sunday after seeing somebody struggling with the shanty as it was being blown across the ice on Saginaw Bay off McKinley Township. The shanty, which had been occupied by three men, was about a mile and a half offshore when the 
deputies got there. A fire department airboat was taken to the scene <laughs> site for a rescue, but the three guys eventually were able to make it across the ice to shore on their own. The men refused medical treatment. Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they told deputies that they spent Saturday night on the ice in the shanty and were aware of an approaching storm, but apparently took for granted the power of the winds. They were making arrangements to go back to shore when the wind gusts began to push the shanty. And I can just Yikes. see this go this going on, and all they're inside they're inside mm-hmm. tipping them back, you know, yeah. going through the twenty four yeah. pack or whatever, and they yep. and and they're not even thinking anything about it. I mean, nah, nope. it's just the wind, man. And Think then one of them Mark, gets out. Think about it. They were they spent the night on the ice. Yeah. Three guys. Okay, uh-huh. come on, man. There's what's your point you can go to every town sell has a food store that sells fish if you're that hungry i'm gonna be honest it's not about the fish no if you're spending all night on the ice i mean really okay yeah it ain't about fishing if it is then start a gofundme we will all send money liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and mark i realize now that my wife has converted me into a i'm i'm watching all her shows now (laughs) i just realized that when i saw this story mom gets times square billboard to help daughter find a date my first thought was 90 day fiance (laughs) the other way we get you know that was i'm like oh my gosh we did the story about a woman chewing and getting paid for it uh and i'm thinking i'm thinking the fat people oh my gosh i have been converted into a girl next thing you know i'm gonna talk about the stories i watched during the day oh that's my stories (laughs) haven't watched those since college you know wow watched all my children in college because that was all you had on in the daytime that's true and now it's like oh my i hold on I need to go check and see what day it is because I might have a problem next week. You know, I'm almost there, Mark. What has happened to me? Oh, I no. used to be a man. <laughs> All right. So yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. If your mom is taking out a uh, Times Square billboard to help you find a date, Ooh, there's something yeah. seriously wrong with yeah. your relationship. Well, Beth Davis really, really wants you to swipe right on her daughter's dating profile. So badly, in fact, that the Boston mom teamed up with the dating app Wingman to put up a billboard in Times Square, letting the world know that Molly is looking for love. Date my daughter. The sign reads, along with a picture of Molly, a 30-year-old Boston native, and a link to her dating profile. A smaller one showing Beth Davis, who calls herself Molly's wingman, sits just below. But it's more than just a stunt. The 61-year-old mom said she's taking drastic measures to find love because she may not be around long enough to see her find it without her help. Beth Davis says oh, she was no. she was diagnosed with metatastic breast cancer in 2020 and that it spread to her bones. She says, there was a little more urgency to see my daughter settled with a wonderful man. It was that urgency that caught wingman founder Tina Wilson's attention. She said she wanted to help and decided going big in the crossroads of the world was the best bet. Quote, she's still focused uh, with the still focused with love and attention for her daughter. And so I wanted to help her accelerate that search and find somebody great. Okay. Let me give you the skinny on this, okay? Okay, yeah. You cannot find the right person to share your life with until you don't need them. You, okay, don't need somebody else on this earth to complete you. 
that's when you'll find that person you want. Yeah. That's it. You can't look. I, I mean, this whole idea of looking for love like that, you know, I get it. I do. I mean, we've had blind date, you know, the, the lonely hearts club stuff. Oh, yeah. We've had all that. Yeah, yeah. It's all been around forever. Sure. But the reality is if you're so desperate to find somebody, you got a stink, a stink of loneliness. There's this, the stench that comes off of you because you're desperate hmm. and you can't do that. If you really want somebody, then you have to be confident in your life and your world. If you're good with that, you'll find somebody hmm. who wants to share your life. If your life is so pathetic that you can't find somebody to be with you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You have to get past that. You don't need somebody else to make your day good. You, and you know, then this goes back to the Christian focus on your relationship with Jesus. If yeah. you will do that, everything else will come into play. And that's by the way, right. that's advice for every Christian everywhere in every situation. If you focus first on him, everything else will come in its time and you'll be good with it. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know mark earlier we had the story about the uh the little boy being rescued because he climbed up a tree right. 35 feet to, to rescue a cat yeah and he couldn't get down and i get that you know the thing is, is you know the the cat wasn't rescued either it's true the well, boy got down yeah and that happened later all yeah. i could think of is you know i we had a cat up in a tree one time and had the same thing happen we tried everything to get him out eventually he came down. I figured here's what's going to happen. He'll either climb his way down or he'll get so weak from a lack of food. He'll fall either way. Problem solved. So when I saw this New York city man rescued twice in two days on hikes in Arizona, uh -huh. yeah. I was reminded of, you know, I get it. If a guy goes up a tree to try to save a cat, mm -hmm. okay. Needing yep. help. I got you there. Not a problem. Uh, first of all, the team that climbed up the tree to start with pretty heroic to go get the cat. Yeah. The fireman that came out, good for you because, you know, the meth house that burned down and needed to burn down anyway. Right. We needed to get yeah. you out of the tree. Right. So I'm just thinking, okay, we're going to save you one time, New York City man. Mm -hmm. Going to yeah. get you once. But yeah. twice? Yeah. Come on. A New York City man needed to be rescued twice. Consecutive days, by the way. Two days, two rescues while hiking in a northern Arizona mountain range. The 28-year-old man from Brooklyn first called 911 Wednesday of last week at about 7 p.m to say he got lost while hiking on Humphreys Trail in the San Francisco Peaks north of Flagstaff. The trail runs through some five and a half miles of steep, rocky terrain between the Arizona Snowbowl Ski Resort and Humphreys Peak. That's the state's highest point, elevation 12,633 feet. Snowcat vehicles from the ski resort drove the man off the mountain, and he declined medical attention. But at 5 p.m. the next day, the hiker called 911 to say he needed help after injuring himself in a fall near a ridge on the same trail. An Arizona Department of Public Safety rescue helicopter was sent to pick the guy up and another hiker along with him who had stopped to help. Sheriff's officials said in a statement, the man, who is not identified, was provided with preventative search and rescue education about the conditions on the trail and the approaching winter storm and encouraged not to attempt the hike again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, hear the story about that third rescue. <laughs> I've been up in those areas, you know, in hiking, and I yeah. will tell you the terrain is rough. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been out there. I no. hiked in a lot of different areas, and uh, 
Um, I love the outdoors. I know I make I make a lot of jokes about a lot of outdoor stuff, but I've done my share of camping and mm-hmm. I like it. Um, but I will tell you that area that he's I've hiked that area. It's rough, man. Yeah. I mean, I it's it is so hot in the summertime and so cold in the wintertime, you know, those two huge extremes and it's that dry. You know how it's like here, Mark, when when we, we talk about the humidity, like you you get off a plane in, in Birmingham and the air hits you, it's oh. like <gasps> Yeah, all of yeah. a sudden it hurts to breathe yes out in the high desert is a different kind of heat and cold mm. and you can get you can get out of your element pretty quick but i'm gonna be honest man if you get lost one day and have to call for help don't you go the extra <laughs> mile the next day and maybe take the day off just for fear of embarrassment or you know go with a team you're hiking by your, what about the buddy system here mm-hmm. you know yeah Oh, you fell and you broke your ankle. Unless, I'll be honest, unless a bone's sticking out, I ain't calling for help on the second day. You know? <laughs> That's right. You're going to cut you cut down a limb, make your own crutch. You're going to find yeah. your own way out. Yeah. Would you? I mean, <laughs> would you, Mark? If you, okay, no. you called one day. They <laughs> warn you about going out there, but you do it again. No. No. You're uh, calling me. I'm in Alabama, and you're going, hey, Dave, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> All right, Mark, stay put. I'm on my way. I'll be there tomorrow, but stay put. <laughs> Just pretend you're on a fast. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. And a couple of quick reminders and a plea for help. Uh, one, LifeRadio.fm is where you'll find daily Bible reading. It's about reading the Bible in a year. And even if you're just picking up now, that's okay. You can start with oh, today yeah. or, you, you know, do any number of things just dig into the word okay yeah uh the other part of course is sharing uh liferadio.fm um you can you know post on your on your facebook page listening to the mark and max show on liferadio.fm that would be cool yeah. i mean if you did that every day would it really require that much Mm-mm. think about it <laughs> please do it for us <laughs> please help dave stop crying is that a we're going to start making YouTube video of us chewing with our mouths open so people will give us a million bucks a month. That's what we're going to do. All right. Now, you're wondering, what is he talking about? You should hey. have been listening, so download the daily podcast, That's and you won't right. miss any part of the Mark and Mac show. Wow. All right. Mark, a Louisiana deputy attacked during a traffic stop. This is not an uncommon headline yeah, I about deputies officer being attacked. And I'm telling you, man, this, there is a real scary time when – we're at this level mm-hmm. where you, if you're a police officer, just doing a basic traffic stop, come on. Yeah. Well, sheriff's deputies in Louisiana shared a video of the moment a deputy was pounced on during a traffic stop. The Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that deputies were conducting a traffic stop involving an arrest when things got squirrely. Upon a vehicle search, a pet feral squirrel, which was inside, pounced on the deputies. The video shows the deputy flailing as the squirrel quickly climbs around his body. The post said the squirrel was safely returned to its cage. The sheriff's office said the deputy and squirrel were both unharmed by the encounter. You know, I'm glad that the attack turned out that way. <laughs> yes. But I'm a little concerned over the idea of a feral squirrel being called a pet. I mean, isn't that the whole point of feral animals is they're not pets? Yes. Okay, just making sure I'm not missing out on, you know, what that pet, feral, squirrel. No, Mm -hmm. it's either a feral squirrel or it's a pet. 
you can't have them both in the same thing, right? The way I look at it is you just can't get rid of a pet like that. I mean, if it's going to defend you and attack whoever's coming after you, I mean, <laughs> that's a loyal squirrel. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, over the years, um, a number of buildings were, uh, well, Okay, let me just get in. You know, anything celebrities or entertainment stuff I read, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm know, fascinated yeah. by what, you know, when uh, Roseanne and Tom Arnold were together, and I think Tom <laughs> Arnold said, you know, we're the worst, we're white trash with money, you know, yeah, or something like that. Right. And, you know, and they were, uh, they were a train wreck for a while. Yes, they were. One of the things they he did still was is. They, <laughs> is he, well, they spent millions of dollars buying up some property in Idaho, and they were building this huge mansion when they broke when their relationship, you know, went mm-hmm. put and it sat there partially. I mean, it's huge. I've seen it, the pictures, you know, and it never got finished. Wow. And, and so what do you do with a building that you've been, you know, that millions have already been invested and there are only two ways to go. One, spend millions more to finish the project mm. or lose all of it and tear it down. Yeah. You know, those are your options. So, you know, when you think about that from a, a house, you know, a couple that does that, okay. A fool, how do a fool and his money get together to start with? <laughs> but when you're dealing with a business building, you know, yeah. in a downtown area, oh, yeah. that's an eyesore for yeah. everybody that lives there. Yeah. Now, what do you do? Yeah. And how long do you let it sit that way? Well, apparently in Florida, in a city in Florida, 15 years, that's, that's how long it sits there. A partially completed yeah, building. I think that's about 14 years too long. I think you're you know, right. Yeah. Just, this they, thing sat yeah. in, in uh, abandoned in a Florida city's downtown area for 15 years. And finally they've impl- imploded it after a bunch of delays to the process. The Berkman wow. Plaza two building, which wasn't completed before construction was halted back in 2007 became known as wow. downtown Jackson's eyesore when it remained a part of the landscape for 15 years. Jacksonville wow. officials said the process of having the building demolished was beset with delays with one date, January 8th already canceled this year. The building was finally brought down with an implosion at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Uh, the Jacksonville mayor, Lenny Curry said, finally, I've been working on this since, since my first year in office. And it's been a hurdle wow. after hurdle after hurdle, but it's done now and we can move on. A developer is wow. reportedly planning to replace the unfinished structure with a new skyscraper planned to be Jacksonville's tallest. Oh, why don't you start with something that's possible to finish? You know, I mean, <laughs> why go for the biggest? It's like, we've already dealt with this once. I really, I, it would be funny if they, not funny. Cause you know, the jobs that are lost and all oh, that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't it be funny if dude gets building, he gets about uh-huh. the same height all of a sudden. Oops. You know, <laughs> well, given the done. current, given the current economy and the way things are going, he'd be lucky to get the second floor up. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and max show and you know mark and i've talked about our trip to florida uh, to disney years ago and yeah. doing the show from disney studios we actually shared a studio with uh, sean hannity yep uh, he was doing his afternoon show we were doing our morning show and it was really cool how they changed everything over because when we got there i mean they gave us the all-star treatment oh wow we didn't deserve what the treatment they gave us yeah, it but it was great. really awesome yeah we got the rock star and they gave yeah. sean we got treated the same way sean hannity did yeah and it's like y'all don't know the difference you know, <laughs> anyway so we, <laughs> it was cool but anyway um whenever whenever i think of disney i think of the good 
things that they do because yeah. they, I know that it's expensive. I know all that. I'm not, this is not an endorsement of Disney. I'm merely pointing out that Disney goes above and beyond in working with people to make things good. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. It oh, doesn't yeah. mean, you know, that everything's perfect because we all know that there are problems in everything, mm. but this is not something I saw coming Disney world flooding video. Mm-hmm. Did you know about this, Mark? I, I know that it can happen, you know, with a, enough yeah. enough rain to, at once. It, sure. uh, there are parts of it can flood. On Monday, uh, Walt Disney World visitors were forced to walk through ankle-high waters after the area was struck by flash flooding. Video footage shared on social media wow. shows guests making their way through flooded streets. One video recorded at Disney's Hollywood Studios shows guests frolicking in the water, appearing to make the most of their mm -hmm. trip despite the weather conditions. Wow. Sarah Thornton, a BBC weather presenter, was visiting the theme park, shared some footage of the water-filled streets. She said, flash flooding at Walt Disney World at Disney uh, parks hollywood studios this evening one cast member said he'd never seen the likes of this in 17 years wow uh, while some guests can be seen walking carefully and quickly through the water others are dancing and playing in the heavy mm -hmm. rain and that's that's <laughs> just part of the scene at disney i mean it's florida it's central florida mm -hmm. and it's going to rain it's pretty much going right. to rain every day especially in the summertime it's going to rain every afternoon because it's a tropical mm -hmm. area so it's yeah. something you just prepare for and if it rains a lot that water's got to go somewhere. <laughs> well, don't they? Uh, I know that Disney uh, has a lot of stuff built underground, you know, that uh, in their planning and things like that, that a lot of what they have is underground. And when I saw the idea of flooding, I thought, I bet drainage is an issue because of how it's laid out. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, I but, imagine they've done a pretty phenomenal job of making sure this doesn't happen. So yeah. it's got to be bad when something like this does happen. Mm. Uh, the Magic Kingdom, there's a lot of underground infrastructure. I mean, actually, right. you know, where the castle is and all that, it's all built on. Yeah. Basically, it's on a rise. And that rise right. is made out of dirt that came out of the lake that's in front of it. And that's, they there actually made the lake, took the, they built all these concrete corridors and, and structure. And then they covered it all up with the with the dirt they dug out to make the lake. And then they built the Magic yeah. Kingdom on top of that. And so and then and there's <laughs> a cryogenic freezer downstairs where the head of Walt Disney sits. Yeah, that's right under Pirates of the Caribbean. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. And, you know, Mark talking about disney uh in orlando florida uh, a few minutes ago and um there's a story out of florida uh where a woman is concerned about privacy okay mm -hmm. and i'm not kidding this is like the mark segment going from a <laughs> disney story in orlando to a woman concerned about a uh, drone hovering yeah. over her home i've wondered about this mm. ever since you showed me your drone you know your yeah. your drone footage is really amazing i mean it it's really cool but my first thought was, you know, there are some people that could do some really freaky stuff with this. Yeah, there are. And there, and there it's are capable of so much. There are a, I'll have to say it. There are people that do and, but there are a tiny, oh, yeah. there are a tiny handful. It's like, there's always some idiots in every crowd, right? And there are idiots in the mm -hmm. drone crowd. There are people that, that will use their drones sure. to do stupid things, you know, spy on the neighbor's pool when the daughters are out and things like that. That, but it's just. Th those are exceptions right. to the rule. Most of the people who have them and use yeah. them don't do stuff like that. They're into photography and videography and, 
and flying drones yeah. can be fun. So that's what they do with them. But some, sometimes that's not how it is. And there's a woman in Lakeland, Florida, who says she's had this feeling somebody was watching her, and she turned out to be right. Amy McDaniel says three times in the last week a drone has flown over from the parking lot next door and hovered near her apartment. At one point, she says, it came within about 10 feet of her. Quote, it makes me nervous for myself. It makes me nervous for my kids. McDaniel has six children, the youngest of which is a five-year-old, a five-year-old girl, and it makes her wonder, what do they want from us, she says. You might think that flying a drone over somebody's private property is illegal. It's not. Not necessarily the case, according to the Lakeland Police Department. Um, uh, Lakeland Police Department's detective David Waterman says the airspace over your property is owned by the FAA. It's actually controlled by the FAA. As long as you fly under 400 feet, the FAA doesn't prohibit you from flying over unregulated airspace. And that's true. Wow. However, Waterman says if it happens over and over again and you feel like your privacy is being invaded, the pilot could be charged criminally. But there is a big if. You have to know oh, who wow. the pilot is. And Waterman, oh. Waterman says that's not easy always to find out because you don't know. Wow. You may not see where the pilot is. You may not. like In her case, she knows he's in a parking lot. She knows where he is. But let's mm-hmm. say a, a drone comes flying over your property and you've got trees between you and everything yeah. else. You don't know where that drone's coming from and who's flying it. And that's an issue. Wow. Now, a couple of things here. You may be tempted, if, if you see a drone flying over your property, you may be tempted to go get the shotgun and shoot it down. That's a federal crime. Uh, because, Shooting it down? Yes, because it is registered with the FAA. It's considered an aircraft. And a registered what if I'm just shooting fireworks in the backyard, Mark? <laughs> well, that could be called an accident. But if you if you shoot it out of the sky, if you do anything intentionally to take it out of the sky and it's a registered FAA device, you've committed a federal crime. You can't do that. Okay. And another right. thing is, in the very near future, something called remote ID is coming online. And every drone that flies, they're going to require it to have some uh, a mechanism that reports its position and its identification. So that, And the way it reads now is pretty much anybody with a cell phone and the right app can find out who that drone belongs to. And then they can report it if they think something's mm. wrong. Um, okay. the problem with that, or is, it could become target practice. There you go. I'm, yeah. I'm firmly believing that if I have the right bottle rockets in my backyard <laughs> where I'm teaching Braylon the safety, you know, uh-huh. and I see a drone that I've got areas in my backyard where I could fire, which no, you know, nobody uh-huh. could see me. I could be hidden uh-huh. and I have I Braylon. Here we go. Now you stand over here and mm-hmm. light those. Meanwhile, yeah. here uh-huh. it is. <laughs> and Blam! Don't need the ID now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.